Hi, this is Michelle Sorrow, and you are listening to Awakened Nation with Brad Solis. A huge shift is taking place on planet Earth. People seem to be waking up. Tired of the way things used to be, they are creating something brand new and changing the world we live in. My name is Brad Zalas, and I get to sit down with the next generation of idea makers, the disruptors, and the game changers. Everyday people, just like you and me, from all over, who are doing amazing things. Welcome to Awakened Nation. Ladies and gentlemen, I have Michelle Soro on the show today. Michelle, how are you doing? I'm so good. How are you? Excellent, excellent. I'm going to read a little bit of your bio, but this is just, uh, I am super honored to have you on the show because we can now talk spiritual stuff, uh, soul awakening stuff, uh, all the cool stuff that uh, you embody uh, in this lifetime. And I love having you on the show. Thank you. I'm so honored to be here, really. Good, good. I like what you say in your biography as a heart-centered transformational guide Michelle Soro has developed groundbreaking content that has been uplifting, transforming, and cultivating a global community since 2018. Mm -hmm. She's the host of the Fire and Soul podcast, a top podcast in self-development with esteemed guests such as Jack Canfield, Danielle Laporte, Panache Desai, Dave Osprey, and many other luminaries devoted to conscious evolution. And that's what we're going to talk about today. Conscious evolution. Yeah. Thank you. Um, you got started. I hate to do this, but let's go back in time to how you got started. Uh, you were, uh, were you a host on the home shopping network? Is that correct? Yes. Oh my gosh. Back in the day, they did call it the home shopping network. And then I think I don't know when they changed it to the acronym of just HSN. It got cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I was there for three years, basically 2011, 12, and 13. Long time mm -hmm. ago now. Yeah, it feels like uh, feels like yesterday. And yet at the same time, it, it feels like another lifetime ago. For sure. Um, and so let's talk about you had an awakening. Yeah. And I teased you about this when we were talking before I even asked you to be on the show. It's like, okay, when did you wake up? <laughs> and so let's talk about that a little bit. Um, it wasn't overnight, I'm guessing, but you did step into this awakening of soul. Mm, yeah. You know, um, it's been an ongoing journey. I'm sure I've always been uh, around self-development, personal growth, spiritual growth. My parents, specifically my mom, raised us on a pretty steady diet of it. Mm -hmm. So I was always familiar with like the new thought leaders, you know, the, the people in the space that we're familiar with. Um I wouldn't say, though, that I learned how to fully integrate, much less embody any of that mm -hmm. until, quite frankly, even just the past couple of years where I became awakened to the matrix, so to speak, yeah. uh, for lack of better term. And, uh, and then that provided a portal to have a profound spiritual awakening that actually connected me back to what I had always been interested in, drawn to, uh, presented with but never really fully integrated in the past two years has just been a demand to integrate uh, that awareness with my embodiment. It's very funny, you know, because I always look 
and all the guests that have been on my show and myself included, a lot of the work we're doing today really started in childhood. Mm -hmm. And I noticed this with myself. Uh, I grew up and went to Catholic school. My mom was more spiritual. And I'll never forget, we, we were having our Catholic church torn down and replaced with this modern thing. And so we were meeting over in the auditorium of my you know, elementary school, Catholic school. And uh, we were doing mass one Sunday and my mom comes back, you know, from taking Holy Communion. She comes back and she leans in and looks at me and she goes, Bradley, there's more than this. And I want you to search for it. Oh, <laughs> like, what a good mom. And I was 10. And like, oh, what, what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. um, and I don't know about you, but I've always talked to God by standing in nature, like in the backyard, looking up at the stars and going, Hey, can you help me here? You know, or just having a conversation. So I find it funny. Yeah, very similar. Uh, I was deathly shy as a kid too. So now the work that we do, I'm just blown away by this. So what was, you've attended a lot of seminars. Were were there some that just like, it it was like, wow, okay, I found it. Um, You want to talk about that? I I can for sure. It's, It's hard to pinpoint one particular seminar. Um, over another until actually later in life, mid forties, in fact, <laughs> mm-hmm. where many of us uh, suddenly remember there is much more to this life experience than the external validation or status, right? All right. of that, those those programmed uh, markers for success or meaning in in life. But I was at a Date with Destiny, Tony Robbins event in December of 2017. And even though I had listened to his stuff, like basically my whole life, it seems, um, on tape and and then CD and and then DVDs and uh, and then to YouTube and so I never had a desire to go to an in person seminar and I remember thinking why would anyone pay There's so much free content I mean that's how disconnected I was from the immersive exp- experience and um, but anyway lo and behold I went and that was in West Palm Beach in uh, the, the last month of 2017 and that was where I can say that as I look back now at the beginning of you know what some people call a dark night of the soul or a true awakening the veil lifted in a profound way day 4 of that 6 day event where I dropped to my knees Sia's chandelier best hit you know was blasting through the arena of 5,000 unleashed souls. The, the lights were flashing red, blue, yellow, and green. And, and um, it felt surreal. I, I was not who I came in as, yet I wasn't who I was going to be leaving as. So I was somewhere in the midst of this metamorphosis. Uh, and I, I remember dropping to my knees and sobbing because I had thought at that time, all that mattered in life was that I get a full-time a job on Extra, an entertainment news show that I had been on for about a year at that point, but I was only in a short, you know, one segment a week position. But there was talk mm-hmm. of of expanding my role, and and that's all I wanted and cared about, and was obsessed about since I was a little girl is to be on national TV, and that's how I would matter. That's how I would be worthy. All those things, right? Yeah. And at that event, um, I I got clarity and uh, divine guidance that I no longer needed that validation and that, in fact, I was here to help others awaken to their inner power, their source of, of embodied truth, um, sovereignty, really. And I didn't know where to begin, but that was the beginning of the journey that I have now been on. And 
a friend there recommended I start a podcast and just start sharing. And I was like, a podcast? <laughs> I thought those were reserved for celebrities or mega brands. And that was, uh, that was the beginning of my journey. And so, yeah, it's just been in an evolution ever since. All I can say is, wow. <laughs> uh, something that made you drop to your knees. Uh, and by the way, your Fire and Soul podcast is uh, tremendous. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, please uh, subscribe, listen. There's so many guests on there uh, that you're going to love and enjoy. Uh, this awakening, I find it an amazing. I mean, you, what you just said is making me chuckle. I'm sorry, but it's you okay. dropped to your knees and all of a sudden, you, you went from, hey, I'm going to be on TV to, okay, you have a much bigger mission. <laughs> Hello, you know, and yeah. I, I always feel like spirit, God, whatever you want to call it, the universe. Um, I usually wake up by the third tap on the back of the head and then realize it's been nine taps on the back of the head. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> you want to talk about that? Because I, I know that that happens, but we really, we suddenly become aware by like the ninth time. And then we turn around and go, Oh, I'm making yeah. this bigger than it, you know, harder than it has to be. Oh, well, there's a theme uh, for so many of us in moments when we remain unconscious to our deep inner knowing. Uh, yeah. So actually, if we go back to even what we were talking about a few moments ago um, and a lifelong interest, fascination, draw to self-development, I remember being in my teens and early 20s and thinking that one day when I actually lived out all the other things that I wanted to live out on my bucket list, you know, in my mm -hmm. dreams, you know, career, that I would circle back to being either like a minister, like a new thought minister, a reverend of science of mind, which was the lineage that I came from, uh, and that I was supposed to do that line of work, but ego had a hard time with that knowing because uh, everything was supposed to be on TV. Right. And, and, and so, and I followed a lot of that for a long time. It's what I cared about entertainment, Hollywood. And until I didn't, you know, um, and, and so until I actually saw what it actually really is, which is a whole nother veil lifting. Right. And so as I, as I can look back and connect the dots, I don't know if it was necessarily like eight or nine times. I just know there was a very, very clear through line that I wasn't willing to surrender to until I was basically called to the point where there was no way to deny that truth. Another wow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, I, I look at myself and I have to kick. I'm not going to be hard on myself anymore. I stopped doing that. Good. I hit I hit 60 and I said, okay, we're going <laughs> to just we're going to be nicer to breath. Yeah, good. But there seems to be how awakening works. There's soul. Mm. We, we we don't become soul. Soul is in us. Mm, we yeah. are soul. That's that energy. You know, when we wake up in the morning and we don't know our name yet, we're in that twilight. That's that's the energy body, you know, that I call soul. Um, and some of you may not believe this. I don't want to force my beliefs on other people, but there seems to be a slow and desperate marriage that takes place between mm -hmm. the living personality that we have in the forefront and us connecting to our higher self, we can call it, and then coming into that, you know, the lotus petals, you know, get revealed. And now we are, I don't, I don't, I know we we talked about this a little bit, but everything I was as a child, they tried to get rid of 
using a lot of left brain, you know, <laughs> memorization and learn this. And now I'm getting back to that child that I was mm-hmm. back in the, and all those little tiny nuances, all those little gifts that I came to earth with, mm-hmm. I'm able to use now. Mm-hmm. And I know, you know, let's talk a lot about that a little bit. You use all your gifts today. I can mm-hmm. see that mm-hmm. you use them all. Mm-hmm. I love what you just shared there. That was so beautifully put. And I I fully get where you're coming from. And also I noticed um, a distinction in your vibration, in your auric field, when you started talking about finally tapping into the gifts that you've been bestowed. So the way that I look at where I am now, and it's really in these past two years where I had the profound spiritual awakening that was spawned by the external awakening, the matrix awakening, uh, you know, opening... Well, I didn't open the red pill rabbit hole door. It was open for me at a mm-hmm. mastermind at a super fancy uh, business mastermind event that I was at in February of 21 in Sedona, Arizona at the swanky five-star hotel. And um, and it was our first gathering in person and everyone there was quote awake, but I didn't know that or even really what that meant yet. But the mm-hmm. sidebar dialogues at dinner tables and things like that was clearly different And it was all reminiscent of things I had heard or had dismissed, right? Classically called conspiracy theories or whatever, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I kind of thought some of that was probably true, but I wasn't willing to examine, willing to be with. But anyway, so someone opened up the red pill rabbit hole uh, door and I'm the one who chose to walk through it. That takes phenomenal courage and bravery. And here's what I want to say about your my response, at least in this given moment to your question, my gifts came online when I opened that door. My gifts became an integrative process when I was willing to face the darkness that humanity is enslaved by. And by design, and there's a beautiful great awakening that's happening on the planet, and it's beautiful. And I do believe that people like you and I are designed and destined to be the way showers of part of whatever we are here to Mm -hmm. contribute toward those who are beginning to awaken now. Um, But it wasn't until I was willing to first face off with that, which was harrowing for me. It wasn't fun. It wasn't easy. Um, It was fairly, fairly rapid February to basically August. It felt like I was in a, a nonstop nervous breakdown. (laughs) I didn't I know how to be. I, yeah, I didn't know how to be in the world, and um, and I was scared and terrified, and and also it was at the same time when the shots were being demanded, and I lived in LA and still do, um, and we had the longest lockdown of any city in America, and and so people were going stir crazy, and I knew really early on that was not going to be what I was going to believe or buy into, but I was living in an environment that I loved. Santa Monica was my soulmate. Uh, That's how I always referred to her. 21 years, just remodeled my place, never planned on leaving um, the year before. And in August of 21, there was not, I could not go one more moment in that environment. I was the Karen, according to that community, right? Wow. So my point is, is that when I was willing to face off with all of that and being the outlier, being the Karen and standing for truth and as scared as I was and as courageous as it required me to be, to be, then speak truth on my podcast and to leave Santa Monica, not knowing where I would go to start to look at all of my areas of business, what's in soul alignment, what's not. Cause I knew I was here to carry 
whatever my participation was toward this beautiful awakening, this exquisite gift that we have the honor to be alive on this planet for. And so inside of that is where my gifts really came on. And I, and I really look at that now because first it was the external, ooh, that's the fear, that's the anxiety of what's going on in the matrix. But then for those of us who are willing, we are being given a mirror mm. to take a look deep within and to see where we have separated and or denied the divine within ourselves, our own innate authentic power, not ego. And that is when my true awakening began. And like you with nature, for me, it's the, it's the moon and it's trees. And, mm. and I spent the next six months, I couldn't even drive, Brad. Like I had to reconfigure how to be in the world. But to answer the question in a very long spiral, circuitous sort of way, which is my style, <laughs> um, it was integrating the shadow so that I could finally, I feel like, restore to my wholeness and I don't get it perfect and right every single day, but for the most part, I love where I am and I love where I'm being drawn. Mm. Beautiful. I mean, that's beautifully said. Mm. I completely understand mm. where you're coming from. I spent um, probably 25 years um, being a conspiracy theorist, mm. but looking into facts, you know, and it started with my ex-wife. She introduced me to a... Um, uh, an economist who didn't do any any conspiracy theories and he started to explain how money mm. is used geopolitically and around the world and i went it woke me up mm. second yes i did read david ike and i got so depressed from one of his books about four chapters in mm. i had to stop reading mm. i said if this truly is true and a lot of it you can back up by just doing your own research and seeing it plain as day right in front of you I said to myself, I, I, I can't read this anymore. I had to put one of his books away and just say, mm -hmm. I, I can't read this. I was, I was really like the matrix just shattered everything I believed. My third yeah. eye awakened. I was also yes. in a spiritual group called Ekinkar. Ah, yeah. Uh, My grandmother, a devoted student of that work. Yeah. I, um, I was in that for 30 30 some odd years, 35, wow. I believe. And um, what it did is it raised my consciousness by doing the spiritual exercises. And I was able to step out of the body, you know, go to classes, do whatever. And I could operate in multiple consciousness um, arenas, you know, mm -hmm. at, the, at the same time. Mm -hmm. um, I still have, uh, you know, this, this thing, I have to shut it off. I can go into a restaurant and not only can I hear every conversation in the room, I know which cars are going by outside. Mm -hmm. You know, it just it opened me way up. Mm -hmm. So I'm going through all this at that time. I'm reading, and all of a sudden, I I don't know about you, but I said to myself, you know what? I might be depressed, but I have to read this book. Mm -hmm. And it was a David Icke book, The Biggest Secret. Mm -hmm. And I said I must read this book, and I can only get through it at the pace I can, you know, get through it. So I devoted myself to reading one chapter a month and then putting aside and bringing my energy back up because it's pulling you down into the reality and shattering every illusion mm. that I ever had. Mm. And so I, I completely understand that and integrating our gifts. Let's mm. talk more about that because mm. I lived in two worlds for the longest time. Mm. You know, there was the businessman, Brad Zalas, who was the 
you know, art director, creative director, uh, executive at a publicly traded company. And then I'd have this secret retreat where I go do spiritual exercises and go to an Ekankar event for, you know, a week and then come back and I couldn't talk about it. Like I, I had divided those two worlds. Did you, did you find in that attempt to integrate that now you were just, you've had enough with that separation playing the game of two people? Ah, well, first of all, I just want to um, piggyback on something that you shared, and it was David Icke. Um, did you read his last book, uh, the most recent, The Trap? No, I haven't. I haven't gotten that one yet. I got to get that. So it's the only book that I have actually listened to, and he narrates um, eighteen hours of audio, and uh, that was earlier this year, maybe February. And I too, even though I was already so awake to so much and had seen him on a lot of channels, including his own network, mm-hmm. uh, that book scared me and uh, put me into a very low vibration state. Um, and I had to pause about two thirds of the way through, and I was like, "This is not good for my mental health." And I was like, "Shit, this stuff is terrifying." I thought I was yep. scared a year ago, and um. And then I I also got the message, nope, you need to go back and you need to finish it. And the main reason why was because I knew that it was important for me, this is just my own journey, to be able to face the hardest truths so that no matter what comes on my path, internally or externally, I can be with it. Because if I truly believe that I have everything within me to meet and face anything, then I can then I can read what David Icke has to say. And plus he's now got 32, 33 years of of a legacy of virtually everything he has said has come to pass. So there is yes. that. Yes. And I would rather, and I've discovered this about myself, which is I've always known, but I really, really discovered this and I honor this about my little soul. Um it wants truth over everything. Yeah. Over everything. I, I I would just give me the truth. And uh, these days I'm like, I'll take it with a little bit of cream, organic cream, please. <laughs> it doesn't have to be a shot of espresso. Anyway, um, yeah. So so I think your question was, is uh okay, actually can you refresh my memory on the question? <laughs> Living in the the two worlds, oh, yes, yes. kind of kind of saying no to it at some point and saying, you know what, this is what I am, this is who I am. I've come to know. No, trust, have faith in that when we do the work that we are doing, we are blessed beyond measure. And I just trust in that. I don't have a husband taking care of me. I'm a sole provider for me and my household. I don't have a parent I can go to to make ends meet. So yeah. I say that not to pump myself up, but because I am the buck stops with me. So making that decision is incredibly brave. And I honor that part about my soul too. But to answer your question in another way, I didn't really live between the two worlds or I wasn't really present to it because when I opened that, when I, when I chose to walk through the red pill door and slide down, <laughs> um, it, was qu- it was fairly quick. Mm, it was yeah. like the band-aid was taken off. The fire hose was upon my face. I couldn't breathe. I, I really didn't even know if I would live. It was pretty intense and dark. Um, and then got through that. But that's when I had to come out with my quote truth on my podcast. And I got canceled right away. You know, I went through that. And, wow. um, and then I found another person to, to produce my show. And as soon as it shifted energetic hands, my podcast exploded. 
in growth. So I just keep watching and witnessing and I'm like, God is so good. Yeah. Right. He is. Mm -hmm. Mm. It is powerful when you step into the courage, you know, for, I I had a divorce in 2018 and that devastated me because I didn't think that would as, was ever going to happen. Mm. But when I came out of that, I didn't approach my spiritual studies from the mental point of view. Like, okay, I'm going to learn this, or I'm going to train in this, or I'm going to do shadow work. You know, actually saying it sets up, oh, there's your curriculum. I didn't do that. Right. I stopped doing that. I stopped with the goal setting and just integrated. As soon as I thought of it, I integrated it. As soon as I was able to shift and change, or I wanted that, I integrated it and I would stop leaning forward, seeking validation. This is a, this is a big clue that I learned a long time ago, but forgot to integrate it. And that is, uh, as adults, especially if you grew up a little dysfunctional, you might still be seeking validation from outside sources. And a good example is someone at work every day at five o'clock goes and shows their boss their work. The boss never asked you to do that, but you went and go, look what I did. I'm going to leave now. You know, it's sort of like, here, look what I did. You know, give me some validation. What if you lived life where you stopped doing that? Mm. What if you just showed up, mm. became present, mm. and and just your presence? Uh, most deaf, the uh, the rapper says this: "My presence speaks volumes before I say a word." Yeah. yeah. Let's talk about that a little bit because um. there's beingness, and then there's trying to prove, mm. and I prefer sitting in beingness. Mm. Yeah. That's so beautifully put. And um, you bring up a very stark memory for me in the midst of my awakening when I, the first season of the awakening, two seasons, it was fall and winter, 21 into 22, which isn't that long ago, the steepest parts, right? Uh, The spiritual awakening where there was the integration. And I remember realizing I had no drive the drive, the relentless hustle, the do, 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 make X amount of dollars, then double, triple, quadruple every year and be around those people because proximity is power, all that exhausting, masculine, um, drive, push, prove, mask on energy. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, but I didn't know that that was, there was anything wrong with it. And in fact, there isn't like each, each soul is on their own unique journey. We are all Mm -hmm. here to to evolve into however we are called. It's up to us or not to listen to honor. But I do remember having a thought of, I haven't had a drive energy for six months. Oh shit. Will it ever come back? How am I going to pay the bills? Well, what about my programs? What about my business? Like, oh my gosh. And I do remember feeling a little bit worried, but then I would hear the still small voice that would assure me to just, and I literally have it on my desk. So I'm going to show it to you. This was a, came in a plant medicine um, <laughs> ceremony, a tortoise. And the message from grandmother ayahuasca in that weekend, right around spring, uh, early spring of 22 was take all the time you need mm. and trust. And, and it became like this active state of surrender 
and then before long, it was like June when I finally launched something new that's now grown and it's become a bit of my signature and it's it's a women's only mastermind space that's now um, evolved into in-person retreats. And I really still don't know what exactly it is that I'll be doing. I'm just, I'm just (laughs) in the present being saying no to most saying yes to what's a full body resonance, but more importantly, what feels like it's in integrity with the divine. And that's the only way I know how to describe it. The hardest thing is to coming to terms with the old saying, <laughs> you leap off the cliff and you build the airplane as you're going down. Oh, you know? totally. Yeah. yeah. And and I'm I'm sitting here admiring what you've gone through. And it it literally is trusting in that that what do we want to call it? That soul intuition, that communication mm. that's coming from spirit, which not always is in words, it's in perception sometimes, or golden tongue wisdom, or we see something on a billboard and we're like, wait a minute, is that speaking to me? You know, and um, of course it is. <laughs> yes, of course it is. Uh, but I, I love what you said, where you know we get away from the hustle and the grind, you know, and it, we just don't know what we don't know a lot of times. Mm-hmm. And I remember how much I hustled uh, when I was in my twenties and thirties, just, you know, we're going to crush this, we're going to get it done. Yeah. I'm hustling. And then, <laughs> Even with that tonality. Yeah. It's like, let's do this. Yeah. yeah. You know, we're rock stars. Let's go. Oh, let's do <laughs> totally. it. Yeah, totally. I had, I had a mullet back then. Oh, of course well, you did. Okay. I'm going to call, <laughs> call this meeting. Rock yeah. and roll, baby. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, so what I, what I found fascinating from what you just said is, and this this happens to all of us when you get out of that energy, when you are forced out of that energy, mm-hmm. you can feel like a loser, you know, because mm-hmm. your mind is just, well, well, I'm not hustling. I must be, what am I if I'm not hustling or I'm not mm-hmm. trying to get the best grades or I'm trying to get the, the top of the mountain or I'm trying to make a million bucks. Mm-hmm. And you're sitting on the couch going, you know, what? I've been I've been taking naps. I've been getting up and writing, uh, but I haven't been building anything. I'm just, and I find those moments are more and more necessary in this day and age. This moment of rest, mm. where I consciously think, and it's not really using the mind to think. It's more contemplation. What's coming in? Mm-hmm. What can I do with this? And I'm, here's a good example. This morning, I told my girlfriend, you know, we're having coffee, and I said I came up with this great idea. She goes, what? We're about to build the new website for my podcast. I had a series on with Dr. Randy Shannon and Dr. Joel Wallach, and we talked about you don't have to age. So Dr. Randy, she has long blonde hair like you, but she never dyes her hair. I said, well, what's your secret? And she's she's a naturopathic doctor, and she's telling me all about copper and selenium and all these. Mm-hmm. So I did a two-part series. Well, I decided I'm going to make it a five-part series. Mm-hmm. Uh, under the title, You Don't Have to Age. We're going to talk about parasites. We're going to talk about chlorine dioxide, also known as MMS. Um, I'm going to get my friend, Dr. Um, Robert Scott Bell. He has his own show. I'm going to get him on. And I'm going to have, um, who is it? Uh, well, I'm thinking of Dave Osprey now, inviting him. Uh, but um, David Avocado Wolf as well. I want to talk about parasites. Uh, Carrie Rivera, who helped cure her son of autism Mm. or probably get banned on YouTube for me just saying this. Uh, But uh, (laughs) Carrie Rivera had a son who 
was this super brain and he was uh, 18 or 20 when she had her second child. And this child um, wound up with severe autism. She tried everything. And then um, she has protocols now that help cured her son. She's been banned everywhere. <laughs> so I want to put this in a series. So sorry to be long winded, but no, that was a discovery. It wasn't me sitting there planning it in a PowerPoint presentation and outline in Microsoft Word. It was the universe kind of going, hey, this could be a really great product, but a service for people who really don't want to age. Mm. And I, do you find that you, your discoveries now are coming in from a very different way or methodology? Mm, I find that I'm far more open and devoted to not only um, being curious about all these things that I had kind of heard about. I'm I'm literally drinking chlorine dioxide, um, the CDS version. Um, it's it helps me tremendously. Me too. Uh, really I just had it. I had it this morning. I also spray it up into my nose because I had um, a little nasal infection. Yeah. And uh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Keep going. So Sorry. I, my COVID initiation, which I got COVID for the first and hopefully only time um, a few weeks back, and it was very initiatory. I don't know if we talked about that before we hit record or since we've been on, yeah. but it 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 um drew out what looks like like a skin rash. I don't know if it's eczema or what, all around my nasal area and my chin. And we made a spritzer with the CDS and it is just fixing it. I mean, and then I'm doing some stuff internally, if you know what I mean. Also yeah. with CDS, uh, enemas and things like that. I mean, I, it's, I, not only am I curious about this stuff now, I am devoted to it. We have to be at least in yeah. my world and not to be scared of chemtrails and everything they're putting in the food yeah. or clothes or but just to be mindful of what can I do to just take as good a care of myself as possible without being so fanatical that I don't enjoy my life. Right. Um, so it's like about an 80-20 rule, you know, but two years ago, I was ordering in, ordering out, you know, still smoking cigarettes, drinking alcohol. I, I, I just was not willing to be conscious and or devoted to my health in the same way. But now it feels like it's a soul alignment. Mm. And the more that I am willing to be awake in that area, the more that I no longer feel diluted, dimmed, or diminished in my light. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know exactly yeah. what you mean. Yeah. It's very funny that you said this because uh, I started taking the MMS, you know, the chlorine dioxide mm -hmm. drops, and I've also been taking diatenaceous earth. My girlfriend's into this. I, I was blown away. This is why we we got together and, you know, we, we rent a house and everything now it's because so cool. we're on the same plane mm -hmm. when it comes to this stuff. And I'm sitting here, uh, but I'm going to let you in on a little secret. You probably, you, I don't think you know this about me, but my father was a chiropractor. So I grew up with this. Oh, wow. I learned reflexology in 1973 at the age of 10. <laughs> my dad made me work on him and my mom because he wanted to see if this was wor worked, you know, because this was a new thing yeah. coming into the world. And so I have all the, the, you know, the meridians memorized and everything. And I used it in my martial arts training, like all the black belts couldn't figure out how I could beat people. And I was just putting my thumb on a pressure point. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, well, where'd you learn that? I go, as a child, you know, so my girlfriend, Tao is from uh, Vietnam and she grew up with Chinese medicine. 
So we instantly were talking the same language when we started sitting down. She goes, she does Qigong, which is, you know, the coining, scraping. She has her own cupping kit. I was like, are you kidding me? The spirit aligned everything uh, in this world. So good. So, you know, look, you look at that because I think back to the devastation that you, you shared, you experienced in your divorce in 18. And, you know, the only thing I have come to know that I know for certain is that life is death, rebirth, death, rebirth, death, rebirth. And so I look at that death of an identity of, of, a, of a season of a chapter, and then mm. look at the beautiful birth, wow. you know, that you called in uh, because it was time. It was the evolution of your soul. And now look at you here with awakened nation and the, the beautiful, important work that you are doing. And giving people like us a platform, I know my show is, it's a top awakening show as well, but you really own this. Um, and I, and I love that because it's, it's creating a community where we all get to know, wow, there's so many of us out here and, and we're all teaching each other. We are all each other's bridges in one way or another, right? Mm. There's no hierarchy. We're all learning from one another and the lights are finding each other. And so when we do what we need to do to keep our light bright, the truth, our cosmic birthright. There's no mistake then that you and Tao found one another and that you and I found one another and that we're here. I can't even remember how we connected. Was it through Tony Watley's? No, maybe? actually. You Cake? and I met at a Leah Woodford event. And I have oh to thank Leah gosh. for that. Yeah. And we're talking probably 2018. I was the MC at a lot of her events. That's right. Um, and I just stayed in touch. You know, I um, you know, I've become friends with uh uh, Linda Johansson James and a couple yep. of other people from those things. And that's how I met uh, Panache Desai. Uh, uh, and so you and I have met in person actually and hung out, uh, but it was so long ago. It was like, and I came in and I'm really super busy. So like Shay Hillenbrandt has yeah. been on the show as well. Yeah. So a couple of other people, but I always find it funny how soul meets soul. And you're right. We, I, I feel like we're in a very aggressive time where the awakening is taking place, you know, this ascension that we're talking about. Mm-hmm. And everybody's like, it's almost like popcorn popping. Yeah. It's like, pop, 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 pop. everybody's starting to wake up. And it, maybe five years ago, even 10 years ago, I was made fun of mm-hmm. when I would open my mouth about certain things. Mm-hmm. My friends would roll their eyes and they're like, mm-hmm. now they call me up mm-hmm. because like David Icke, he was on point, you know, you yeah. oh, wait, this, this, you're right. This is happening. What is going on? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And you know, the powers that be let's ignore them folks. I mean, that I don't mean ignore them, ignore them. They are going to do what they're going to do because we're waking up. Yeah. There's a desperation and an acceleration on their agenda is what I, is what I intuitively get. I do think, um, not to sound doomy and gloomy, but I do think it's going to get significantly scarier for those who aren't aware of it. Um, And I think imminently, actually, I think this summer based on some really great resources and stuff, Mm. but, um, but if we are awake and aware, which is the conscious evolution that you referenced in my bio, if we are awake and aware to that, and we have trained our nervous system to be prepared for the darkness within and the darkness without, right? As below, so above, we can be with anything, you know? And and we know that like, there's a great metaphor that Paul Selig, who's a beautiful channel, uh, one of the most sought after, um, he and the guides is on my show uh, recently. And 
he said, you know, it's kind of like a shaking out of a rug, you know, yeah. and it you're like, whoa, I didn't realize it had all that crap in it. Right. <laughs> and so that's what is needing to happen. But humanity, I mean, listen, who's to really say I don't have a crystal ball, but it does feel like there's a potency in the percentage of those who are awake and aware that we have chosen to prevail. We have chosen to know our truth and to know our power. How that gets revealed in the next part of the agenda, we shall see. Because all all we have to do is what David Icke says, say no. That's it. Wow. It, it's wow. The, he said it's the most powerful word that so many are afraid. And so that's been a theme in this conversation, actually, that I'm getting really present to right now, which is the courage that's required for us to speak up and say no. Doesn't it's have true. To, we don't have to have any aggression. No. No. There's just fear or love and power. I mean, that's it. Yep. And when I see power, I mean like authentic power, you know, no ego. Right. Yeah. Uh, I always say the difference between uh, arrogance and confidence is arrogance is a made up matrix from the person's mm. ego based on lack. They mm. haven't actually done this or done that. Whereas confidence is, you know, I know I can crush this, even though I've never done it before. <laughs> you know, It's like, I'm going to try this for the first time. Uh, <laughs> speaking of which, you were talking about death and rebirth. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about uh, your journey of ayahuasca. Uh, mm. Because I have done ayahuasca as well. Uh, back in 20, I think it was 2022. Oh, okay. I went out, I went out to the California desert and um I was we were we were laying under the stars, no tents, nothing around a circle of fire. And uh, I remember having a choice between leaving and staying. Like and, on the planet? Yeah. And mm. I, I I wasn't breathing. Mm -hmm. And it said, yeah. If you want to come back, you can breathe now. And I just went, and I sat up, bolt upright, and I was reborn on September 25th. That's my second birthday. Mm -hmm. uh, let's talk about your ayahuasca journey. And you, if you don't feel comfortable going into the details, um, a lot of people may not know what ayahuasca is, but it is a combination of a bush and a vine that is boiled into a tea that awakens us um, in certain areas of our brain. Uh, DMT, I believe, is the active ingredient, and some people say they see God, you hallucinate, but what most people get out of it is healing of traumas, mm -hmm. awakening, um, other things. But let's talk about your journey a little bit, because you know, soul and fire is about awakening, awakening um, that fire energy in us, which is soul, soul coming and awakening in life to to jump start it actually. Mm, well, first of all, your story sounds profound. Um, I totally understand that distinction of having that date as your true rebirth, mm. um, that deconstruction of what you knew and and then what you were born into. I would say for me, it's I, I've done it now six times. Uh, I have such respect for the plant medicine and for the set and setting it's really important to yeah to understand your guides your shamans your facilitators and the space that they cultivate um and i was very fortunate in all my experiences to have such sacred container that's important i mm -hmm. i felt that was why my my journey was with a gentleman named bearheart he's been on my show he's 
I know was, who Bearheart is. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Follow him on Facebook. I haven't heard anyone else bring him up. Bearheart was introduced. I was introduced to Bearheart through a good friend of mine, Mike Purvis, who was studying to be a shaman at one point. Uh, Mike, when I was getting my divorce, he offered me a, a room out here in Vegas. So I just packed everything up and moved out and we became good friends. I'd known him for years, um, online mostly. And, uh, he introduced me to Bearheart and, um, you know, I kept putting it off, you know, cause I'm a very big fan of, uh, I check inwardly. Is it time? Am I ready? Is this what I really want to do? Mm-hmm. And when I said yes, you know, we did the six hour drive from Vegas to California. And, uh, you know, I watched my diet for a month, everything that, you know, goes into yeah. that and what I really wanted to work on. And uh, when we went out into the desert and we, the way Bearheart does is, is he has a, a structure where you begin to, what are you going to call out, you know, when you're out in the wilderness? Um, then you're blindfolded and driven to where we need to go. And we get to yell and scream at our antagonists when we were growing up. And then we did a little jujitsu on the bag, you know, we're fighting until we're exhausted. Mm. And then the sun goes down and we get to introduce, we get introduced to grandmother medicine, you know, ayahuasca, Mm. and you get to smell it and introduce yourself. And then I just did a small portion and it helped me. I, I think it took 15 minutes. I, my brain was freaking out mm-hmm. and I, and I basically stood up. I, I was trying to get away from where I was at. And finally I stopped. I'm looking up at the sky. I'm grabbing my head and everything's going wobbly. And all I said to myself was I accept what I'm about to go through and what I'm about to learn. Mm. 100. I accept it 100%. Mm. And my whole nervous system calmed down. And I think another five or 10 minutes later, I just, I thought I was throwing up, but I wasn't. Mm. My lungs were purging. Mm. And it turns out my father, you know, he had played psychological games with me and um, he has stepkids as well. Mm. And I was purging that all out of my lungs because he smoked a pipe my whole life. Mm. And tobacco carries intention mm-hmm. in it. It's a sacred so- plant is just abused. And so I just for four hours was hacking and coughing to the point that the next day my throat and my lungs were sore. I couldn't even do a second round of ayahuasca, Mm -hmm. but I found myself on the desert floor uh, choking and I go, dad, what the hell did you do to me? And this is like Mm -hmm. four hours in, Mm -hmm. I'm like laying there Mm -hmm. and uh, my dad appeared in my third eye with Mm -hmm. grandmother ayahuasca. And he says, Mm -hmm. you know, what I did to you was wrong. And uh, Mm -hmm. I apologize. Mm. And then we hugged and we parted. And he said, I wish I could help your sister because I didn't mean to do what I did to her. And then gone like the wind. And um, when I got up from that, I just, I laughed the rest of the night <laughs> until I fell asleep. Mm. Um, but that, that was what ayahuasca did for me. It helped me release that dad stuff, you know? Um, how about for you? I mean, if you want to share it, that's okay. I, sure. th- this is a sacred place if you want to. Sure. Um, I actually feel really comfortable with you. And I have highlighted every nuanced detail on the Fire and Soul podcast. So for better or for worse, I think I have put out six or seven episodes uh, with detail. Um, But I am curious about one thing before I move into a little bit of my story. Uh, When you said that your dad appeared with grandmother medicine, how did grandmother medicine appear for you? Because she occurs 
differently for everybody. She was an older woman way in the background, almost like a shadow. Like Ah. I couldn't, I, I just knew that her you know, and Native American for me. And she, you know, had, you know, mm. the the lines on her face from age and wisdom and life. Mm. And she was just there as a creating sacred space for us mm-hmm. to heal, mm-hmm. letting my dad come through. Because here's, here's the weird part. I dismissed my parents from having to watch over me. They were both dead, but I could feel their presence all the time. My mother was waking me up constantly in the middle of the night. Uh, her ghost, whatever you want to call it. And some people might think this is like eye roll moment, but it literally was happening. Like, mom, could you please stop? You know, it was. And so I I said, you don't have to watch over me anymore. You can go, you can move forward in your journey. Mm -hmm. And I had said goodbye to my father. So for him to reappear again, Mm -hmm. he, it was his last way of saying, Hey, I'm sorry. And I'm moving on to the higher planes to learn. Mm. and so for me so that you. was yeah so when he disappeared so did uh grandmother ayahuasca it was just but it was so she was powerful. almost the facilitator the way oh, yeah. shower yeah that's beautiful for Wait. me uh she sh- she has only shown not as a projection of a human right uh in any lifetime or realm uh, it's an energy. It's a vibration. It's very, for me, also feminine. I know others. Uh, I know many shamans now uh, that say that uh, grandmother ayahuasca is young and feisty. Others say she's more like my age. Others say she's older grandmother, you know, wise, gentle, grounded. So it is interesting. And what I've come to think, and I don't know if this is fact and how we could ever measure it, but I believe that she's a projection as to what we need most at that point on our journey. Yeah. Exactly. So for me, if she were to show up as some sort of vision uh, in terms of like a persona, I think the energy of the medicine would have known that would have confused me because I have a tendency, especially in the past before two years ago, to be extremely susceptible and naive to everything and, and uh, deeply trusting like, I, you know, like a deer almost energy. I, I just would believe everything and, and no boundaries. And that's part of trauma. And I've, I've definitely worked through a lot of that these past uh, several years, but so my story was kind of similar to yours. I had been invited a few times and for me, it was a no way I'm putting up both the fingers, like a cross. Yeah. No, yeah. it was a hard. No, I reserved it in my mind for junkies, druggies, I had no perception on the depth of of the of it and no reverence for it. Um, I was also terrified. And now I know that that was the density of 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 the mind that was too afraid to even look at it, which is what we're seeing happen with so many people right now, right? Like I don't even want to look at it. Don't tell me about it, and they'll just believe a slur in a headline instead of ever doing any yeah. of their own due diligence yet. So, um, so, but my mother wanted to go, it was at the top of her bucket list to go to this place called Rhythmia Advancement Life, Life Advancement Center in Costa Rica. Mm. It's still to this day, the only medically uh, facilitated ayahuasca retreat center. And Reverend Michael Beckwith, who is the founder of Agape International Center of Truth, who was my teacher for 18 years uh, throughout various ministries, et cetera, et cetera, there. Because he was also an investor and leading retreats there, I had 
And a lot of the people that I followed in new thought and personal growth were all going, including Dave Asprey, who you mentioned a moment ago. Yeah. So I was aware enough, but it was still a hell no. But my mother put it on her bucket list. And then one day I had Jack Canfield on my podcast in 19, 2019, and he had mentioned that he was going and he was going again, going for the second time. And I was like, wow. Jack, I knew he was a big meditator of 40 years. And I was like, Jack, how is it any different than meditating? Like, why do you think you need that? And he tried to explain it, but you can't explain it. Although you, you just did a great job, Brad. That was Thanks. impressive. Um, <laughs> and he invited me on that conversation to join him and some of his friends from the Transformation Leadership Council to go with them in November later that year. And that was like this big honor. And I remember feeling really uh, touched by that, but there was no way I was going. (laughs) And then I shared it with my mom that he invited me and she's like, wait, where? And I said, this place called Rhythmia. And she's like, Rhythmia? She's like, that's the top of my bucket list. And it wasn't in my mom's budget to just go and do something like that. And I was doing very well in my business and I just thought I'll do it for her. Spirit's so good. (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm cracking up because I took my dad on a cruise when he was alive. You took your mom to ayahuasca. (laughs) Yeah, totally different. My 72 year old mother, I think is how old she was at the time. She was so brave. She still is one of the bravest, amazing souls ever. And and uh, and so anyway, even on the flight there, I didn't clean up my diet because I was not going to do it. I was going to take her and I was going to enjoy the grounds, the food, the room and all the accommodations. But there was no way I was doing plant medicine. And right. even on the flight there, I'm eating like, I don't know, fast food crap. Like it was just crazy. Right. And you really want to alkaline your body so that the yeah. medicine can do what it needs to do optimally. Anyway, um. Long story, probably long, I end up doing it. And it was four nights of a profound awakening. And and I, I told you a, a, a earlier, the, the first part of what I can feel was my integrative awakening was 2017 at Date with Destiny. This was definitely the next stage, the next yeah. season. Um, I had had a lifelong battle of severe body dysmorphia. It didn't matter if I was a size zero or a size maybe six, eight, I'd vacillate. I thought I was 300 pounds and I wouldn't even show my ankles. I wouldn't ever wear a dress or a skirt. I didn't wear any short sleeve shirts. I only wore shirts that came all the way to the wrist because I, I hid every ounce of my body. Such yeah. annihilation for my body. And I know a lot of women who are listening can relate. And it's a programmed, uh, conditioned you know, annihilation that we were not born with. But it's part of our own healing as we return to source and restore to wholeness. And so anyway, ayahuasca on divine feminine night threw me over uh, a fire pit like I was barbecued meat. And I'll just, without being too graphic, although that's pretty visual, burned me. You know, I knew I was in the room and I knew it wasn't really real, but I was also fully in the journey and I could not lift my head from the bed. Every time I try wow. to lift my head, I lost just like that. Throw my head back down. I just flailed my hand, I guess, and it hit the uh, candle. I'm actually curious what. Oh, interesting. Right. <laughs> yeah. Beautiful. Because that's what was yeah. truly coming through. I love this. Yeah. How cool is that? Anyway, um, so while I am burning to quote death, Losery death, because it's all an illusion. 
I'm also being tattooed simultaneously with every annihilating word I'd ever said about my body to the point where there was no more visible skin, um, gross, disgusting, repulsive, all these things. And, and then, and then I, you know, the whole journey continues and, and the next morning, Panache decides so interesting that you bring him up because he was there. He was a friend of Jack Canfield's. I didn't, he hadn't heard of Panache Desai somehow, some way, but he was at this week of plant medicine and he was walking by and everybody had left the breakfast area. And he and I were the only two in the whole vicinity. And he was walking by and I remember hearing wind chimes. And I heard that as a message that, cause I didn't know him. Yeah. I didn't want to intrude on his personal space. Um, but I heard the wind chimes and the message that came to the wind chimes was you can ask him to heal you, to finish off where you didn't complete last night. And so I said, Panache, would you be willing to help me complete a healing from last night's journey? Panache Desai, I'm getting the full body chills right now. He did not ask a question. He sat down at the head of the table. He said, take my hand. He did not talk to me. He said, close your eyes. I close my eyes. I held his hand, hear the wind chimes. I go through this whole visual of seeing my body through the eyes of a decrepit old sad woman who was not me. And as she was in sepia tone and her eyes got smaller and smaller and more wrinkly and smaller and to the point where she just dis disintegrated like stone into nothingness and then and then I felt this warm swath cleansing and clearing my heart and almost bandaging it with like a white cloth, heart, mind, heart, mind, like an infinity symbol. That was the motion. And then it was cleared. And I knew in that moment when I opened my eyes that I would never experience body dysmorphia again. And he opened his eyes and all he did was this. He blinked both eyes at me and he said, good. And he walked away. <laughs> so he has a true gift. He is touched he does. by inner fire. He does. That was part of it. The other part was I was taken to a soul retrieval from the moment that I was born. I don't want to go into details. It's all on my podcast if anyone happens to be interested. Sure. But I was shown why I never experienced any joy or had what I would call a happy childhood. I was not supposed to. I was born almost dead and then thrown in an incubator and didn't get to nurse and was under bright lights and under a plastic container for, you know, days. And I interpreted that as a young baby that I had done something wrong and that I was unlovable. So that informed my childhood. My soul split happened at zero. And so the ayahuasca showed me that that was all by design. And that it was all part of why I'm here and that I cast these characters and cast that birth all to grow me, to evolve me, part of my schoolroom curriculum. Wow. And so I look back now with such honor and reverence for just how precise spirit is. And while I don't know if I'll actually be called to plant medicine again, because the last time I did it was in the spring of 22, the message that I got at the end was, until or if you are called again, it's a no. Right. Don't even plan it. And so that's just kind of where I am now. And so if if I get called, I'll know. But the the experience I have deep, deep respect for, but I also am fully aware it can be violent, it can be dark, it can be harmful. Yeah. Um, it can be if if it's not well facilitated, it can be dangerous. And so yes. I just put that out there because 
most people, I, I, I had a, a sought after channel who channels the 12 archangels. Her name is Belinda Womack. She's probably the most sought after channel of the angels on the planet at this time. And I asked them uh, on my show last year, what is their thought on ayahuasca? And the response was, it's powerful. It's deeply healing. And yeah. most humans would be best served to do it once. Yeah. And, and that's, and so and it was, I chatted with her after I had had that spring retreat. And I just knew, I was like, I'm asking this for a reason. My highest self, my soul knows, I think that's it for me. But grateful yeah. I did it. Wouldn't, I don't think I'll do it again, though. I'm just being honest. Yeah, you said it. And it, a lot of people who may be listening right now, they may have an opinion, a negative opinion about ayahuasca because they've heard all the nonsense out there. Mm -hmm. But uh, when I had Bearheart on my show, I explained it this way. Ladies and gentlemen, ayahuasca is a healing medicine that has been around for millennium mm. uh, in various forms in other countries. You know, they have it by other names in other countries and other bushes and all mm. this. And what it was designed to do is when the tribe went to war or they went through a traumatic event, the warriors would come back and they would be isolated away from the tribe for a month. Mm -hmm. And they would make them go through 30 days of ayahuasca cleansing. Oh, yeah. And the ayahuasca journey I was on, I had several sh uh, soldiers there who were trying to clear the violence mm. out of their auric field. Yes, yes. And so their experience was, they were purging like you wouldn't believe. And this is what it was used for. And our government fights like crazy to not let people use it. But I was fortunate enough, my friend who brought me there, he was a soldier and he had PTSD and he was able to cure himself through plant, indigenous plant medicines. Mm -hmm. And he, when we, when I first moved to Vegas, he had me signed up for peyote. <laughs> so I did peyote. Uh, anybody who's read Carlos Castaneda, that's great and all, but real peyote mm -hmm. is like doing 20 years of therapy in one day. Mm. purging 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 and mm -hmm. the entire time you feel like you're going to throw up it mm -hmm. makes your stomach queasy mm -hmm. and when you feel like you're going to throw up really badly they give you more yeah yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. um sananga and uh hape i've done yeah. that before i did the ayahuasca all these are medicines to clear family trauma and trauma from this lifetime and it, it's just such a wonderful healing modality. Mm. I would really love to have Graham Hancock on my show mm. because mm. his TED talk was banned because he said there's a war on consciousness. Yeah, and, and there he, is. And he talks about this ayahuasca journey he took. Uh, yeah, we seem to be in a day and age where they want to now mm. pull back the esoteric knowledge or the more powerful mm. knowledge and dumb us down. Yeah. That's and right. we don't have to accept it, ladies and gentlemen. We can mm -hmm. listen to shows like uh, what Michelle does with Soul and Fire. We can mm -hmm. tune into Panache Desai. Mm -hmm. There are other spiritual healers from all over that are available right now. And we are waking up as an entire group of souls. Some of us have come here for this main purpose, mm -hmm. to be a stabilizing light in a very chaotic time. Yeah, beautifully put. You know, the other thing that I wanted to share is you were sharing more about, yes, the government and trying to suppress and actually make it illegal, right? And that's very deliberate um, because it does awaken the third eye. I will say this. Yeah. And I and I and I and I, I wish I would have said it earlier. It's important that I say this. 
going through my ayahuasca journeys, and they were true shamanic journeys, um, I not only saw oneness, I experienced oneness. I experienced whatever my interpretation of God, divine source, great spirit is. And the way that that has served me through how I show up as a leader, as a guide, as a coach, as a sister, as a fur mama, as a daughter, as a lover, has forever changed my life from the inside out. Um, And the other thing is, and this is kind of wild sounding, unless you've heard more people have give context and texture to this kind of um, storytelling, is that I am now taken on shamanic journeys at my altar. I work with my sacred personal altar very regularly. It's where my television used to be years ago, and, and now it's just my altar. And I'm taken to my altar, beckoned to my altar when it's time, a few nights a week. And I will be taken on, sometimes I'll be pulled out of bed in the middle of the night and I'll be taken on a shamanic journey completely sober. I don't drink, I don't smoke, I don't do anything. Never been happier and clearer, by the way, more connected. And that's why I don't do that. I keep my channel clear. That was very clear to me in August of 21 at the very steepest part of my deconstruction. It was like sovereign mind, body, and soul. Don't let anything diminish your light, right? Yeah. So those journeys that I'll be taken on, sometimes it's like a cleansing, a clearing, a charging, an uplifting, a, a bowing in gratitude. I never know why I'm being called, but I know to honor it. And 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 oftentimes I'll be taken on such a wild shamanic experience. And I now know if I hadn't been taken on those plant medicine journeys, I wouldn't have reference. Yeah. And so I'm like, wow, how beautiful is that? Like the portal, the veil is so thin. And I can get there when I plant my feet in the soil and I'm gazing up at the trees or the moon or the ocean. And, and so this is... The war of consciousness that you speak about is very real. We are in a spiritual war. And the sooner that we can get present to that, the sooner that we won't personalize the polarization that feels so painful. And we'll recognize that that is what happens when we are at war. Hold the consciousness for all without diluting the truth within. Yeah. You, do you understand what I'm saying there? Totally. Uh, yeah. 100%. Don't do it to where it exhausts you and dilutes you because then you've lost the whole point, but stand in the embodiment of your authentic power because there we can hold space for all. Fantastic. What you just said. That's powerful. Someone told me this once and I repeat it. Consciousness is a particular type of awareness that is independent of the mind. Ah, oh, beautiful. Yeah. So it has nothing to do with thought patterns. It's like, how do we show up? Yeah. Are we being soul? Mm. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you, Michelle, for being on Awakened Nation. Yeah. Real quick, how do people get a hold of you? Uh, go out to Fire and Soul. Look up Fire and Soul. Uh, awesome podcast. What? Else, where? Where else should they go? Oh, you're so kind. Yeah, I am everywhere at Michelle Sorrow. S O R R O. Excellent. Do a Google search. I'm going to do a quick lightning round. We've gone way over. And I love when we do that because uh, if you can, if you have time. I, wanna, I, I just do. Ask, I've, I've loved every moment of this, Brad. Good. I just have three questions. I always <laughs> like to do this so everybody gets to know Michelle okay. Soro a little better. <laughs> Is there anything about you that fans, friends, other people, wherever, that you do that we don't know that you do? 
Because you're kind of an open book. So I was just curious, is there anything we don't know about you? Well, I'd say when I was still a closet cigarette smoker, that but then I even came out of the closet about that and then I quit it completely anyway. But um well, this may sound strange and I can't believe I'm about to say it, but when I get out of the shower, my pup likes to clean my arms and my face. And so, I mean, not anywhere else in my body, but he's standing there waiting for me to like turn off the water and he's like my first towel. And it's just the sweet little thing that that we do. And I'm like, oh my God, this is crazy. If anyone saw this, they would, they would probably arrest me, but that's, yeah, that's a sweet little thing. You do know that means he's accepted you into his pack. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. He thinks he is so, so, oh my God, he's the kindest little soul ever. That is beautiful. Yeah. Thank you. Do you have a favorite memory? Ah, oh man. You know, I, I'm so in the now I have to be honest and I'm not just saying that, um, Mm. I will say there one of, cause I'm a Gemini. I can't do favorites very easily. I love this moment with you, Brad. And I also really, really loved that week with my mom at Rhythmia. It was incredibly wow. sacred to experience that with my mother. There was one night when we were coming out of the Maloka at, I don't know, 3 AM in the morning. And, uh, and we sat in a chase lounge over at the pool and we were just marveling at the clouds. We could see the clouds in the sky yeah, And we were like, oh my God, look at that. It's a unicorn. And we, of course we were completely blissed out on the plant medicine, but it was like, we were just together, two little peas on that chaise lounge, like a, like a twin, right? Twin bed. And we did that for two hours, just laughing and connecting. And it was probably my most precious memory with my mom. I'm just going to say this, but you know, a lot of times we reincarnate into this lifetime and uh, you know, there's the hierarchy, the mom, daughter. yeah, and. I'm just going to guess that in that moment, you were just two souls that have probably been together for lifetimes who decided, let's go do this. And you thought you were helping your mother. And the reality is, is she was helping you. That makes me emotional. Now you made me and Panache decide cry. (laughs) My Um, job. (laughs) I haven't heard it put that way, Brad. And it is absolutely true. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to share that with her as soon as we are done here. Because, um, you know, with my father, I felt like the ayahuasca was closure, mm. really mm. closure with that soul. Because I know the lifetimes we've been together. Mm. Mm. You know, nothing is ever an accident, as you know. Of course, we cast these characters by design in Soul Land. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to ask you one last question. What do you hope and pray for, for the planet Earth? I pray and hope and myself included in this prayer. So it's not an external request. Um, My deepest prayer is that we all find ways in which we can raise our own vibration to the point of love, the highest vibration on the planet known to all sentient beings. And mother earth is a sentient being. Her name is Gaia. You know, she is an archangel and that we honor her through that vibration. And that through that vibration, we remember who we are. We remember why we are here. And we, um, yeah, we celebrate that in such style and joy and harmony and fun. Yeah, that's my prayer. And I'd like to see that in my lifetime. But here's the truth is I can embody that today. And yeah. so I get to I get to live my deepest prayer starting now. What a way to close the show. Thank you, Michelle Soro, for being on Awakened Nation. Thank you. Such a pleasure. Thank you. 
Namaste. Hey, everybody. Tune in next week for another great guest here on Awakened Nation. And please reach out. Listen to Michelle's podcast, Fire and Soul. You're going to love it. Uh, She's an extraordinary person. She glows. She carries the light within. You can see it. Um, Once again, Michelle, thank you. Well, thank you, Brad. You bet. Take care, everybody. See you next week. Thank you so much for being a big part of the Awakened Nation movement. This is how you can help me and our extraordinary guests. If you guys enjoyed this episode, please share it out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And let's grow this movement by word of mouth. Our success will be because of you. Thank you, and see you next week.